Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, the front-runner to be Scotland's next leader says the future of the monarchy is now on the table. Can the royals survive the age of populism and attacks on privilege? Is the SNP plotting to dethrone the king? We'll debate. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak pledges to review sex education in schools amid a growing row about graphic lessons for kids. How young is too young to learn about sex? And attacked, abused and briefly jailed for a crime he never committed. Jordan Trengrove's life was turned inside out by an evil fantasist. Tonight, his accuser is behind bars and Jordan joins me live. Live from London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. At first sight, the British monarchy should already be finished. Let's face it, many people see privilege as a crime against equal opportunity. The monarchy, meanwhile, is undeniably built on illogical birthrights. Populism rages against elites. But the royal family are the most obvious elites of them all. Tribalism and brash opinions dominate public debate in an age of identity politics, but were quietly ruled by an unspeaking authority that takes absolutely no position. And that's really the whole point. Fickle politicians tear strips off each other and survive by dividing us, but the monarchy is a constant. Reassuring, above the fray. That's why it's not only survived, but thrived against all odds. But there is growing evidence of cracks in Britain's gilded edge. Hamza Yousaf, who's the front-runner to be Scotland's next leader, has put the future of the monarchy firmly on the table. I'm a Republican. Uh, I believe that we should be citizens first, not subjects. So we'd keep the monarchy for a period of time, but then I'd hope Scotland, an independent Scotland, would move to be a Republican in the future. Well, since then, Mr Yousaf has doubled down on his statement, promising to give the Scottish people a vote on whether to have a monarch or an elected head of state within five years. And then independent Scotland is not the only threat to the monarchy. The late Queen was emphatically more popular than King Charles, for now anyway, and young people are much less enthusiastic about the monarchy. Harry and Meghan's antics have led a global crusade of smears against an unfashionable and what they tried to call a racist institution. Prince Andrew's squalid scandal has heaped massive embarrassment on the Windsors and, indeed, the institution of the monarchy. Australia has scrubbed King Charles from his banknotes. Barbados ditched the late Queen as head of state. Jamaica will be next to become a republic. And the royals are barracked by protests and demands for reparations whenever they tour the Commonwealth, forcing King Charles to say this. From the darkest days of our past and the appalling atrocity of slavery, which forever stains our history, the people of this island 
forged their path with extraordinary fortitude. Well, whether the monarchy can survive the era of constant hammering apologies for historical sins is suddenly a rather urgent question. But it should. The monarchy keeps our sense of nation and patriotism separate from politics. It gives us a reason to unite and love our country, its traditions and its identity that's above the venom of everyday political debate. We could fuse a head of state with a head of government like the US or Turkey or Brazil. But would that really bring us closer together? There's no evidence that it does. God forbid we have a bow to President Farage. We could have a ceremonial overlord like Germany or Ireland who cuts ribbons and shakes hands for the cameras. But is that seriously any better for Brand Britain than the pomp and pageantry of our oldest, greatest tradition? The royals sometimes disappoint us. They're not perfect, they're humans. But the monarchy is worth defending against political attacks like this one from a Scottish nationalist. And it starts with celebrating it, not constantly apologising for its past. Well, joining me now is the former First Minister of Scotland, Alex Salmon, talk TV contributor Paul Rowan Adrian, and Chief Executive of the campaign group Republic, Graham Smith. Welcome to you all. So, Alex Salmon, um, this guy, Humza Yousaf, I don't know much about him, although he's popped up, may replace Nicola Sturgeon from all the polls. It's the bookie's favourite. Yeah, uh, which is probably never a place you really want to find yourself <laughs> at this stage of the race. But he is clearly not a monarchist and clearly thinks we should just get rid of the monarchy. Do you agree with him? I think he's probably right. I mean, it was different. When I was First Minister, the Queen was head of state. It had to be insane to, to suggest replacing Her Majesty the Queen because of her long service, her popularity, her wisdom. We're a different situation now. And it's quite interesting. If you ask people in Scotland, do you want to keep the monarchy or get the republic, you'll probably get a majority for the monarchy. If you ask the question, if you're setting up an independent Scotland, a new country, should you start with an elected head of state, then the answer's quite different. You shouldn't. You should move to a, an elected head of state as opposed to the hereditary principle. So, but what is, your, it, what is your intrinsic argument about the monarchy? Because the, the arguments I hear against it is, well, they cost too much money. But that's palpably yeah. not true. Well, well, they're, they're a net that's, positive. That, that's not my argument. So let's right, move so, on. so let's part... Well, I'm sure <laughs> it might be one of yours, but we'll part them because they're a net positive. So is it just the idea of an unelected family, yes, which is I, at the head I, of the country? I think if you're, you're setting up a, a new democratic country, you wouldn't start from the hereditary principle. Uh, uh, the monarchy... But I would say, you, why, you might argue, okay, why well, not? Well, well I, don't why know, not? I don't know... Well... In recent times, I mean, if you go back 100 years, new countries started with new monarchs. I mean, you know, I think Norway imported a, I don't know, a, a minor German line from somewhere, if I remember correctly, or maybe a minor Swedish line. But right now, in the 21st century, you wouldn't start from the hereditary principle. Uh, also, I, I tend to... I think there's a presidential test in this, Piers. See, if Britain had become a republic during Her Majesty the Queen's reign, and she decided to stand as an elected president. Mm. She'd have wiped the floor with any candidate. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be the case with King Charles. I mean, <laughs> Gary Lineker would beat King Charles. You probably would beat King Charles. That sounds so surprised. So, so therefore... <laughs> King Piers, I think, would have a, his therefore, own lustre as well if I went the other way. 21st century, democratic age, you're setting up a new society, written constitution, protecting people's rights. The monarchy, to an extent at least, 
is the pinnacle of a class system. But when I and look you'd at, want to right, sweep it, that it away. is, it is. But when I look at the way that the American system has worked, with this two-party system fraught with you know, corruption, fraught with people who just have to have a big enough bank balance to run for president, you know, the, the, the division they have in that country, I look at the division in this country, right. I look at the procession of useless leaders we've had, the one constant we've had, and I genuinely believe this, well, has been the Queen and now Charles. We've had two monarchs in my lifetime. And I do think they provide the country with just a comfort blanket, which should not be underestimated. Well, why are you laughing? Because well, it's we, a comfort blanket. We don't blanket. need a comfort blanket. I, mean, the I think we is, do, if, actually. If you, why, I mean, it's so patronising and it's so unpatriotic to suggest that we need a, a comfort blanket. Uh, I have never heard a good argument for... The monarchy, and it certainly isn't a net positive. So you didn't see any positives about the queen. There's no. Well, I mean, it's not about the queen. It's about the monarchy. Well, the she was the head of the monarchy. And for, now we for, have for seventy years. Right, but now we have. I a mean, man. you saw. No, just to be clear, you saw no positives in the queen. It's not about the queen. It's about the monarchy. Well, I'm asking you about the queen. Well, I don't really know her, and that's the problem. We don't know. Well, how old are you? None of us. None of us really. How old are you? Forty-eight. But 48. Us, so for forty-eight years of your life, she none was your of us monarch. Really knew. Hang on, her. Don't, don't squirm off the no. old net here. No, because right? the issue is the monarchy. Did you not understand that she was one of the not, if the most respected people in the world? Well, I, I think that's disputable. But I mean, the point is, who the, was more respected well, than her? That's a silly argument. Well, give me a name. This is a deadline. A dead, give me a name. This is, I'm, this is a dead end. So I'm argument. not sure if you're familiar with the, the interview, but the I argument, ask questions, and your job is to answer them. The argument is. So if about I ask you, do you not see any positives in the Queen? You'd say no. The argument is about the discussion is not about which monarch is there, because the Queen's no longer there. So that, with that's respect our, to you, the argument, the discussion is whatever I decide it's going to be. That's right? our history. I'm the, asking you. We now have. I, you made a statement about about the monarchy, and I said to you. Did you see no positives from the Queen? I saw no positives having the Queen as their head of state. Right. Let's put it like you didn't that. see now, any see benefit no... to the country oh, in terms of the extraordinary esteem and respect she was held around the world. The fact that well, she met more presidents than anybody else. I don't think meeting she met more prime ministers. I, I don't actually, think... it makes a huge difference. It makes actually. no difference. Well, why don't it you ask no the difference. presidents? It makes why don't no you difference. ask all the presidents who queued right. up when she died but it, to pay full if we actually, tribute? If we actually talk about the monarchy rather than the person, no, I want to talk about the Queen. Well, why? Because the Queen is no longer because with us. Because the 48 the years of your, of your monarchy deriding life, the she is, was this extraordinary right. figure who actually earned and she this would country never have been, enormous respect. She would never have been Queen if her uncle wasn't a Nazi sympathiser who was thrown out. She would never have been Queen, or she would have had a very short reign... But she was Queen. ...if her uh, father had lived longer. But she was Queen. Right, but it's completely random, and she's no longer it's here. It's not random. She was the, the only monarch we've had the, the, the new one. The issue is what happens next. Now, the monarchy is, is undemocratic. Well, the issue, actually, I mean, the reason the, 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 whole, the top of the story was, was where is the future? Don't you worry about what you're reading on where my is screen. The future right? of the monarchy? I, it's my show, I was, I was and I can ask you anything you I like, right? <laughs> and here's my question for right. you. Stop reading that. I'm not reading that. Somebody else has written that, <laughs> not me, right? I don't care I, I what that says. To what you said when you Look anywhere. at me. Look at me. <laughs> and here's my point. What you're not factoring in, in this general whine about the institution of the monarchy, is the extraordinary influence and power, in my estimation that Her Majesty the Queen had, and I think Charles can continue... Which is a fiction. Which is and not a fiction. It is a fiction. It's There's no evidence of it. And no evidence of it! Let's, let's um, summarise why the monarchy is a bad thing. Right? It stands against our democratic principles. The institution has been accused of all sorts of questionable behaviour. It's highly secret. Well, unlike our politicians. Well, it doesn't matter. Our politicians it doesn't be, matter. Well, it does, our, for, it does for the royals... Our politicians could be thrown out. We right. can't throw Charles out at the next election because there is no election. Mm. And... 
it's also bad for our constitution. It centralizes power in the hands of government at the expense of parliament and people. So the whole point of having a, a republic, and no one, no serious republican in this country is arguing for a US system. <laughs> We're arguing for a parliamentary republic which limits power of the politicians. Which has been going really well in recent years, hasn't it? And has an, what has? Our parliamentary system. Well, no, because that's the whole point, Piers. What's I'm arguing point? that we reform it by becoming a republic and shifting power from government to parliament to people, having a written constitution, yes. and a president okay. like they have Paul in Ireland and Germany who actually plays Paul, an independent we've got these role. two ardent republicans here, right? And that's fine. We They're do. entitled to their opinion, but yeah. the polls are also entitled to their opinion. YouGov poll in October, after the Queen died, about a month later, um, said keep the monarchy 60%, abolish the monarchy 24%, don't know 15%. Overwhelming support. For the monarchy. So these two guys and, can rant uh, about the monarchy, but the bottom well, line is. going with October. Huh? Recently, it's now 30%, 55%. It's contracting. The growth, there is a growth in support for abolition. And a, it's probably uh, contracting because people like you are running around screaming, get rid of well, it. That's the whole point. And so yeah. the, uh, thank you very much for putting that down to my efforts because the, the point is. Can you let Paula just, speak anyway? Certainly. Paula, <laughs> where do you sit with this? The, I think it's. It's quite astonishing, actually, to say that the monarchy isn't important to this country and isn't important to the people of this country. I think that's why Piers is so surprised at what you're saying, because as an immigrant, as one adopted um, into this country, there is no doubt in my mind that the Queen has played... Uh, and the Queen and the monarchy has played an incredibly important role in society and one that is reflected, I think, from childhood right up to. And we can see that not only from, sadly, the passing of the Queen, where I think 4.6 billion people around the world... No, they didn't. ...watched, they watched didn't. that, that ceremony. And this is the problem, is that the monarchy I mean, relies on it, fantasy. It, it may be this a fantasy, fantasy, but that's what I understand more than the figures the world's say. Probably, the figures um, are fantasy. And so... Uh, I think it is surprising that you can sit here and at least at least well, acknowledge. I can acknowledge the, that the figures you're putting out. Are but who leave this country? Acknowledge the impact she's had. So you ever go to America? I go around the world. When were you last in America? I haven't been to the United States, but I'm not. Right, so you've never been to the, the it place. Hang it on. doesn't matter you because no one is arguing for a US you keep, system. You keep responding by saying it doesn't matter because you don't want to answer the question. But it, no one has argued. You haven't for even US heard US the question system. yet. No one is arguing for. I haven't US asked system. you the question yet. Here's my question. If you've never been to the United States, I've lived and worked there for the last 20 years, then you will have no comprehension of the extraordinary respect they have for the Queen, for King Charles now, for the monarchy. And it is an abiding respect that they have, and that's why they all want to come on the state visits and get the red carpet treatment but, but at the I, palace. And I think it's actually really important to our special relationship with the United States, the world's number one superpower. I have... That the, the, the royal family have been able to be this bridge, constant bridge, through all the political turmoil. Alex? Well, I'm just going to say that been the last direct experience that the Americans had of monarchy was George III. Yeah, which, which didn't go particularly well. Well, it went so, well for them. So you say, it didn't go well for us. You say that the Queen was an exceptional monarch. I agree with you. Uh, I, I got on absolutely famously with the Queen. I, I like Prince Charles. I think he's a great guy. That's not my argument. I've got no King, animus. King Charles. King Charles. I have no animus, animus whatsoever. Yeah, but that's not, because, the Queen. That's not because I don't like Being him. Being a humble and obedient It's because servant. if you ask people the question, you're setting up, in the case of an independent Scotland, a new country, would you set it up with the hereditary principle or would you set it up on democratic well, I think it's a really principles? good argument, and I actually don't agree that the hereditary principle that has been established by this monarchy in the last 100 years or so, certainly, and I can look at, you know, from my lifetime and slightly beyond, I think it's been a 
power of positivity for the country. And I would they look have at entry principles, a power of positivity. Well, I just think you have this family so at the top of our... Well, they don't have any executive power, right? right? Do they? They, they, they interfere. You, you they don't have any executive power. They interfere. Right, okay. The monarch doesn't interfere. Right, OK, let, let, let's well, put he, he doesn't. You think Charles will be a good king. He might I do, well, yeah. He might well be a good king. I think he's already let, showing that. Let's say, let's say Andrew had been the elder son. Yeah. He'd be the good king. But he's not. Yeah, well, OK, Piers, but, I mean, you know, it's the, so it's a lottery. Would he basically. have been any worse as a king and, than and Boris Johnson the, was as Prime well, Minister? Or Liz Truss? Yes, yes, but the point In is... In other words, where's the proof... Boris, but where Boris, is, but 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 where's Boris the proof Johnson that an elected politician can do Bo any better? Yes, but Boris Johnson is no longer Prime Minister. Right. Liz Truss is no longer Prime Minister. But the greatest leader of the last hundred years, I would say, was Queen Elizabeth. Well, that, of any kind. That is not a credible well, argument because it is a credible she, argument. She was, she was she never. She was the longest reigning. She was protected by. She was the most respected she in was, all the polls than anybody. She was not required to do or say anything of any particular uh, controversy. She was never subjected to an election. She was never suggested to uh, subject. She would to have public won the election. He would be defeated heavily because the point is in an election he would have to sit here, be challenged by people like you, mm. he would have to stand in a, in a studio and be challenged by other candidates and he would be You seem remarkably blinkered, Graham, to any potential positive of the monarchy. To me it's indisputable in the last hundred years, which is, the, let's say, the modern times of the monarchy, that they have been a force for good. But they haven't. Well, they have. what, what good? What good have they done? What they have done, they've propped up a, a rotten constitution. They have been a secretive institution. The single biggest they event have... in the world, outside of massive news tragedies and disasters and terror attacks, have been the big royal events. Look at the last year alone, the death of the Queen and her funeral. So that's a really positive thing for No, no, no. What's positive is the way that we then acknowledge yeah. these great moments in the royal family and we recognise how influential the jubilee, they are in the world. The jubilee how last year, 14%, only 14% of the country wanted to celebrate the jubilee uh, last year. In 2011, 79% of the population That's, said they were not interested. That is a completely interested. untrue statistic. This but, is but absolutely... Also, I'm sorry, 14, is, only 14% wanted to celebrate you it. YouGov polling, 14% wanted to celebrate it. YouGov polling in 2011, 79% were not interested. 2018, 66% no, were not well, interested. The bottom line... I don't share... I don't, I don't, I don't, share, share I don't believe those stats. I don't share the well, historicity of the fact... Well, that, well, it's not true, that is. It's close to home. It's blatantly obvious when it happened, more than 15% celebrated it. So it's obviously nonsense. But, Piers, there is close to home a rather successful example of a presidential system, and that's the Republic of Ireland. Mm. They've had a cracking series of presidents, mm. by mm. any estimation. You know, Mary Robinson, Mary McAleese, uh, President Higgins. I mean, have been first-class presidents yeah. in them. a presidential Good system. So, but, well, but, Piers, your argument seems to rest on the... Her Majesty the Queen was an exceptional woman. I agree. I and don't, I actually I, I think, don't agree with I think King Charles is an exceptional man. Well, time will tell, but, I'm, but it is, there is an argument. And the truth is, if you were still the <laughs> SNP up... leader, as we've just seen with you with the Queen, you'd have been... Brown nosing away with the new king for your heart's content, no, wouldn't think, you? I, We've just no, been seeing you doing I, it with I, the no, queen. I, I, Do well, you to, think to me, the watershed, the the watershed was the death of the queen. I, I think it would have been ridiculous to, Paula, to argue. You've been shouted down. Here, I right? have been. I have. Do I think that he's the very best that we yes. have to have to offer? We will find out. What is it that you want? Do you want a referendum? Do you want a Brexit-style split? This society doesn't need that. No, the that's... monarchy is loved in this country. Well, Whether you really. accept you that or not... You want more elected people it or not, of the kind that we have with Liz Truss. I think it's absurd. Who tanked the pound, it is tanked the economy... It is absurd. ...and had to go after 44 days and can't outlive a lettuce. <laughs> Charles, so you've got the choice of a monarch in the last 70 years as a, a 
has a lovely, marvellous figurehead for the country, years. who's a calming influence, respected around the world, or Liz Truss, who couldn't out survive a Charles, who refused you would to, rather go with more Charles, who refuses leaders. to pay income tax, refuses to pay inheritance tax, demands secrecy, was accused by me to the police of uh, the cash The British royal family is estimated to contribute around £2.5 million. Which is not You that. seem not true to every stat you don't like. No. You then come up with a load of baloney stats which aren't Piers, true. you literally just dis dismissed... You're completely you, delusional, you, aren't you? You dismissed YouGov stats. You're quoting a report that has no sources whatsoever. Right. There is no evidence whatsoever that's good financially for this country. And it is a massive drain on our resources, but that's not the reason. No. They put MPs' expenses into, right. uh, into the shade with their public money. I respect your opinion, but you're completely wrong. Uh, Alex, good to see you. Thank you very Thank much you. indeed. Paula, I think you're staying with us, aren't you? Yeah, yes. you are. Uh, you're not, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Next tonight, should we automatically believe those who make accusations of sexual assault or rape? I'll speak to a young man whose life was turned inside out by a false accusation of rape by a complete fantasist. You would have seen this on the news all day today. His accuser has been jailed just for eight years, which to me is a scandalously short amount of time for what she did. But that question remains, doesn't it? When an accuser makes accusations, do you automatically believe them? Or have there been enough cases now to show that that is a very dangerous road to go down? Better to listen and investigate and get to the truth. We'll debate that after the break. Welcome back. My next guest has spent the last few years in a living nightmare after being falsely accused of rape by a woman he barely knew. Jordan Trengrove was just 18 when he met Eleanor Williams on a night out in Cumbria in 2019. What happened next landed him in prison for 10 weeks, left him branded a rapist, destroyed his mental health. Eleanor Williams has since been unmasked as an evil fantasist and a serial liar. And today she was jailed for eight and a half years. Before we speak to Jordan, let's just hear what he had to say last time he was on the show back in January. I took an overdose in front of my own mum. It was that bad. I didn't ever put other people's feelings first, if you get what I mean, because my life was just too messed up with all this stuff. Well, that was Jordan then. This is Jordan now. Jordan, I was thinking of you today when I heard about the, the sentencing. Um, just wonder what your reaction was, given the scale of the lying and the fantasy, given that so many people like you were caught up in this web. Um, do you think it's long enough, eight and a half years? No, I don't think it's long enough at all. Um, I think she should have been given a lot longer sentence in my eyes because she's got time served as well. So in reality, she's out in 2025. So the sentence in reality is only two years. So I think she should have got longer. When you saw the, the, the lengths that she went to, you know, buying a hammer, she's seen on video, buying a hammer to then attack herself simply so that she could frame people like you for raping her and grooming her in other cases and so on and attacking her. What did you feel about that? What did you feel watching her just so calmly going about buying these tools to create this fantasy? It makes me feel sick. I don't know how anyone would want to do that or want to hurt herself in any way like that. I couldn't imagine ever hitting myself with a hammer or anything like that. You, you don't want to do anything like that, so it just makes me feel very sick in a way. The big debate, of course, is what happens with cases like this when you have somebody come forward who's got all these apparent injuries and makes all these incendiary claims of assault and rape and so on. Um, 
should the system, the legal system, start from a position of believing accusers or should they start from a position of listening to the allegations and then investigating the facts? Because in your case, you were named on the front page of your local paper. You had rapists graffitied over your house and had to move. You were the one who felt suicidal. She, meanwhile, remained completely anonymous. Yeah, I do think that they should be listened to and taken into account. And regarding, like, newspapers and being in the newspapers, I think that should be changed because that was the, one of the main things as well, what went towards destroying my life. I shouldn't have been named in that paper when I was only remanded, you know, like, fair enough if I was convicted. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I think about the scale of what she did and I heard the sentence, and like you say, you know, if, if she behaves herself in prison, she'll be out in the next two years. You know, to me, I don't understand why she didn't get a life sentence, frankly. I think the exact same. I think she should have been given life. Perverting the course of justice can hold the maximum of life. And she's destroyed so many lives, not only mine. So she should have her life took away from her. And Jordan, how have you got on with rebuilding your life? Now, has it helped having her now be named, identified, and jailed for lying, and you be associated with that? Are people now, you know, are you in, able to go back to your place where you grew up and are people treating you now as an innocent victim rather than as a, a supposed rapist? Um, I don't like going into Barrow so much anymore. I don't like going anywhere near that town. And I said to my partner after the sentencing, I said, this gives us two years to just move out the area because I don't want to be in the area when she's released as it is. But it's I can rebuild my life now and I've started, like, last time I seen you, I've been doing steps towards rebuilding my life, yes, I have. If you had been found guilty of the allegations that she made against you, had you been told by a lawyer how long you may have to have served? I think my solicitor told me back then it had been looking at, like, 22 years because of the severity of it. You see, that, that to me, is just extraordinary, isn't it? You were told you might get 22 years in prison for a pack of lies about you, and the person that perpetrated the lies ends up getting eight and a half, literally about a third. Exactly, and I think it's so unfair because if I was sent to prison, it would have been so many more years, and this is exactly what I said to quite a lot of the press when I came out of court today. If I was sent to prison on guilty on what she accused me of, it would have been a lot longer. But she can go out and destroy and fabricate and do so many people's life of damage and pretty much just get a slap on the wrist. It just shows it's very... I don't know, it's not... It's messed up in the system. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's grotesquely unfair and imbalanced. Um, Jordan, really appreciate you coming back on tonight. It must have been a difficult day for you, but ultimately, I guess, a satisfying one that she at least uh, is remaining behind bars for another two years or so. But like you say, ridiculous, that then you have to fear going back to where you want, you're from because you're worried that she'll be there again, which she will be in two years. It seems ridiculous. Um, I really appreciate you coming back, Jordan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, Ava, this guy, I've interviewed him a couple of times now. He's so, like, impressively calm, eloquent, but there's a kind of searing anger there, too, about what he's had to endure. 18 years old. 
I've got three sons in my 20s. This is every parent's nightmare mm. for a son. Now, I'm very aware that a lot of women that make allegations of sexual assault and rape get no justice. You know, the, the rates of, of conviction for these things are ridiculously low. I totally agree with that. But for the purposes of this debate, it's specifically about what's happened to him. To me, it seems ludicrous to carry on with this notion that all accusers should be believed. We saw it with the God. nasty Nick character who invented all the stories, the paedophile stories about, you know, some of the most <clears throat> eminent people in the country. We've seen it now with this woman. So we've seen it from a man and woman. To me, there should never be a presumption of belief. Why should there be? I think that, gosh, I don't really know where to begin with that. I mean, we live in a country where under 1% of, you know, rapes even go to conviction. So yeah. I'm quite taken aback by what you said. But why should you automatically believe an allegation? Because we live in a country where women aren't believed and it is extremely difficult for women to come forward and talk about sexual assault that has happened to them. And look, this situation is grotesque. Mm. You were right to call it that. It's abhorrent. And he is a very nice guy. But it's quite clear that the girl in question is really unwell. If you look at her mental health mm. all around this case, she was reported missing one year 32 times in, in just one year by her own mother. She's clearly not well. I actually don't even think she should be going to prison. I think she should Sorry? be going... I think she should be <clears throat> sectioned. I think she's not well. And I actually don't think prison is a safe environment for her. Well, I don't really care if it's a safe environment for her, frankly. And I don't think that being unwell is a justification. You wouldn't be it's saying that... It's not a that. justification, you but be it might be an explanation. If we had a male... If this guy had been convicted of what he'd been charged or mm. accused of doing and arrested uh, over... It, like you said, 22 years, you'd have called him a monster. You wouldn't have made some excuse about his mental health. Yeah, I mean... Right? Why are you making I, an excuse for her? I, I'm not giving her an excuse. You are. You're I'm saying not. she shouldn't even be in prison. I'm explaining. I, think, I don't think that she is well, and I don't think she's going to be rehabilitated in a prison. I actually think it's going to be really awful for her, and it actually is an indictment of our justice system. Actually, what's an indictment is that he would have gone down for 22 years, she's going to be out in the next two mm -hmm. years, having served half of an eight and, and a half year sentence. And do you think she's going to be any better? She's not going to be any better for it. Prison is about rehabilitation. She is but not. You wouldn't going be saying to... that if he had been found guilty and gone to prison for rape. But would she's you? clearly not a. You danger. wouldn't, know, would you? She's not. A, she's yeah, not. But a... you wouldn't, would you? No, I think that's a false equivalent. It's not a false equivalent. He literally just told you. He was told if these lies stuck and he and he was found guilty, twenty-two years in yeah. prison. You would have been quite happy with that. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if, if she got through it, the justice if he system was convicted, and the justice system had convicted him, yes, I would. You would have been quite happy. You wouldn't have made all these excuses. I wouldn't excuses. have been quite happy. Richard, here's the, here's the dilemma for me. I do think it's completely wrong that so few rape allegations end up with convictions, when in many cases we know mm -hmm. they're probably true. So this is a absolute disgrace in this country about what happens to women who make legitimate claims, and the system lets them down. I think we can all agree yep. on that, right? But this is a different area. This is the area of what the police do when somebody comes and says X, Y, Z. And I feel strongly now, after several very high-profile cases, you cannot make a presumption of belief. You cannot call them yeah. victims <clears throat> from the start because they may not be. They might be fantasists. But surely, Piers, there's a difference between belief and listening to someone, yes. seriously investigating yes. it by people who are really skilled that's what I said. and qualified. That's, what, that's my position. Right. I, I, and I think if that's Ava the thinks point. that's outrageous. No, I, look, I, you've got Genuinely to... looked at me in total disgust. Yes, she was. But, but I think that's because you didn't consider the point about seriously listening, properly investigating by real specialists who understand the likelihood. I know a guy who uh, he... Um, luckily, he did remain anonymous... 
but he had 18 months of absolute hell on earth. Right. Uh, and it turned out, it went all the way through trial, and at the end of the trial, jury, 10 minutes, uh, right. and he was and in this case, in this case, this poor kid, he's, he's not even 20. No. And his name is branded in all his local town as a rapist on the local paper front page. She, meanwhile, remains completely anonymous. Yes. Now, I know the argument for the police is if you name people who are accused of sexual assault and rape, it encourages other people to come forward. Exactly. But actually, why should he be named and shamed in that circumstance and a woman like that remain anonymous until she's finally charged with lying? So this is about what happens in our minds. Because you work in family law. So. Yeah, I do. But this is about what happens in my mind. He's not named and shamed. Well, he was. He's named. And shamed. And it's, and, and it's Literally, the Literally, people don't rapists on his And house. it's the approach that's taken by people, because we have to all remember that you are innocent until proven guilty. And unfortunately, we forget that in society. And Christopher Jeffries is a classic example. He was the unfortunate yeah, yeah. landlord um, who went on to later sue the press um, and certain individuals... Who behaved recklessly. Absolutely. And I was one of them at the time. No, no defence for that. Absolutely. And so this is about our responsibility as a society, knowing what we know... And we saw it with that poor missing woman recently who disappeared. Exactly. All the... Everyone racing to conclusions about that. Exactly. That was and TikTok detectives that was, and all of that That was down to the, the woeful police handling of it. Well, in my, I, I, in my I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly answer. But the point is we all have to take responsibility. In mm. a society where human beings are running a system, but should we it is believe make accusers from the start? Absolutely. It's not about Why? believing accusers well, from the is. start. It is. Because if you, uh, if you believe them... You call got, them, them if the you justice call them, system has failed... But if you call them... That guy, that, that guy Nick, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. who invented all the yeah. stories, right? Yeah. He was believed, and, in fact, the, the commander of the Met Police at the time called him a victim, right? At the moment a policeman of that rank calls somebody a victim, there is a presumption of guilt and a presumption that everything he's saying is true. Yes. And it turned out it was all complete fantasy. And I think you can avoid all this if you say, look, someone comes with an allegation and you say, right, we're taking this seriously, we absolutely will treat you with due respect, we'll take all the details down, we'll properly investigate, then it's, then it's compellingly important that the police investigate it properly. But only at the point that you have enough to charge somebody, in my belief should anyone even be considered to be named and shamed, right? And, and that is technically what should happen. But That's we, not what happens. But, but exactly. And why not? Because people talk. The police will inform right, the press. Right, but Ava, the is press, that, no, why, you know, why is what I'm saying wrong? Because you, you can name two people, two men that this has happened to. Can you name all of the thousands of women who can't get a conviction? But why is it going to be either or? You're making it an either I'm or, not. actually. You are. You I'm are. Not. You I'm, are, not, I'm saying I'm not. I'm saying there should be a presumption of an allegations being made, not a presumption of a true allegation. Do you being know made. what a woman has to go through? Do you know what a woman mm. has to do to record rape? Would you want, if you had a daughter, would you want her having to give her knickers over? I have got to a daughter. I have okay. got a daughter. Right. Would you like her to give her underwear over no, to a police I wouldn't, station? No, but I think you her are conflating phone, two different the, things. I'm not conflating you two are. different things. What's I'm that got to do with a presumption not, of innocence but, or guilt? No, because right now we are talking about but a you woman who is a fantasist and has ruined someone's life and it is grotesque. Yeah. Comparing that to women who are assaulted and should be believed why was she believed? so that they can go through the process Why was she believed at the start and why was he disbelieved? Because she was a woman reporting a sexual assault. Because she was and a woman. And she also did turn up because she with a hammer a to her yeah, face and she did look like she had been assaulted. Right. The police did let him down. I will say that the yes. police in this situation why, let him down. why is it sensible to just believe accusers? I don't even think we can have that conversation because, actually, victims are never believed. It's very rare that they are. This is just a high-profile case where a woman... 
unfortunately, has been believed wrongly. Richard, final one. We've just got to have higher quality specialists who've got more experience about assessing these and quickly. Where's, so the, money? That, Where's the money for that, Richard? Well, we, we've it got to find exist. it. We've got to find it. That is not a good enough answer. We have to but get it's the higher quality. But well, then we'll do. And when we'll, we we'll defund the, the police, it's, no, this is what happens. I'm not talking about defunding the police. But we should that's be increasing what the happens. police. You've got to increase it. You've got to increase okay. the quality. It's not good enough. You know what? It's complicated. But I do think there have been too many of these cases now, and the problem starts if you just say, I believe you from That's the start, I, I rather agree. than I listen to you. Which is what happens in every other form of crime, right? Pretty much. Right? Why do we just assume people are telling the truth? Why? Listen and investigate properly, quickly. Yes. Treat with respect. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen to them seriously, then investigate. Otherwise, you get into this kind of situation, which I think is incredibly unfair. The problem is when the system is so backed up against those Look, who report... let's all agree the system, never the system is deeply flawed. Yeah. And deeply. it has to be, and yeah. the conviction rates are a disgrace. It's an interesting debate, but thank you for having it. Coming next tonight, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak pledges to review sex education in schools amid a growing row about graphic lessons for kids. How young is too young to learn about sex? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Welcome back. Rishi Sunak's ordered an urgent review into sex education classes after claims of extreme teaching as laid out by Conservative MP Miriam Cates in Parliament last week. Graphic lessons on oral sex, how to choke your partner safely and 72 genders. This is what passes for relationships and sex education in British schools. Across the country, children are being subjected to lessons that are age-inappropriate, extreme, sexualising and inaccurate. This is not a victory for equality. It is a catastrophe for childhood. 
Well, joining me now is columnist and author of Stolen Youth, Carol Markowitz. Well, welcome to you, Carol. Um, this has been a big issue, obviously, over in the States. It's a big issue now in the UK as well. And it just raises this whole question of how, how young is too young to even get into discussions at school about yeah. sex and gender and so on? Well, I think that that's a great question and one we should answer before the materials get to the schools. Um, a lot of the materials that are, are being featured right now, both in the U.S. and in the U.K., I think are far too graphic for elementary and middle school, which in the U.S. is um, until about 14, 15. Um, so I think that when we look at this kind of materials and that they end up in our schools, I think we need to trace back how that happened and really get to the bottom of it, because this isn't accidental. This isn't just accidentally landing in our schools. Somebody's pushing this, and we need to find out why. Well, I mean, that's the big question. I don't, I don't get it, really. I've got four kids, and I'd be horrified at some of this stuff, which I'm reading now, had been put on them when they were young and impressionable kids at school. I don't understand why it started. It never used to be that this was going on in schools. Right. I think the sexualization of children is happening younger and younger. And in, in our book, Stolen Youth, we really point out that this is part of a overarching indoctrination campaign to throw kids into kind of a disarray. They're much easier to convince into things. And, you know, in the U.S., we call it the, the, the word has been grooming. But there is some element of grooming to this. When kids are introduced to sexual concepts too early, they're literally groomed to be taken advantage of. And again, I think that, you know, before we all dismiss this as, oh, wow, this is so weird. How did this happen in our schools? Like, this must be an accident. We need to investigate how this is happening and, and why and, and really trace it back to where these books are coming from. I live in Florida where this has become a giant debate. My governor, Ron DeSantis, has demanded that these books be pulled out of school libraries. And for this, he's been called, you know, a book burner, a book mm. banner. But nobody wants porn in the school library. I haven't met a parent yet who's for it. So I I think he's really doing what parents want. I completely agree with DeSantis. I don't understand why he's being portrayed as the devil here. The people who are behaving in a devilish manner to me are the ones putting all this stuff in the schools to start with. Yeah, I, I agree, obviously. And living in Florida just means that one fewer thing for me to worry about with the kids and knowing that my governor and the parents around me are supportive of the fact that, you know, pulling these books out is not book banning. It's not um, book burning. It's none of that. It's really just taking into account what kids are designed for and what they're not. And th pushing these ideas on two young children, we know it's going to have a, a backlash. We know that there's going to be some, some bad effects on them. And I don't know why we continue to pretend that this is some, you know, not important issue. They don't, people don't run for school board, for example, on let's get porn into the school libraries. It's all done in secret. But once you discover it, I think it's up to the parents and the schools to act. And I like that my governor, Ron DeSantis, is doing that. Yeah, I mean, one story involved a child who allegedly was made to leave the classroom when he disagreed with a drag queen that there were 72 genders. I mean, the world's gone completely nuts. It's the child who queried this who got told he had to leave, not the drag queen spewing some nonsense about 72 genders.
Yeah, I like to imagine that my kids would say, no, there's not 72 genders in their class and not, not to have a problem leaving the classroom when they were uh, challenged on that. But that's really also the thing. Parents need to lay the foundation at home. Throughout the book Stolen Youth, we teach parents how to do that because your kids are going out into the world. They are being introduced to new ideas and new concepts. And if you want to challenge those concepts before the kid gets indoctrinated, you have to teach them at home. You have to lay your values out for them at home. And you need to give them the strength to move through the world and be brave. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Carol, thank you very much indeed for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Piers. Well, coming next, Question Time's Fiona Bruce quits as ambassador for refuge, pushed out, really, after claiming she trivialised domestic abuse as part of a discussion about Stanley Johnson, Boris Johnson's father. Wasn't she just doing her job? Debating that next. Is there anything on God's earth that people want less than Meghan Markle reviving her blog, Tig? Absolutely not. Um, I just want to do a shout-out to Mick Jagger, who it turned out was at the Arsenal-Fulham game at the weekend with a baseball cap, and no one was quite sure what it had on it. But it turned out he had uh, the letters DILF, which uh, we've got one here. Uh, and I don't think I can actually say what that stands for other than if you know, you know, right? <laughs> um, I want to talk about Fiona Bruce because I got quite angry about this because Fiona, I was watching Question Time the other night and this exchange happened. Let's watch the exchange first. For a change, I'm not... Uh, I'm not blaming Boris Johnson or Stanley Johnson. Actually, Ken, he was a wife-beater, Stanley Johnson, on record. Um, OK, let me, but... just, let me just interview... I'm not, I'm not disputing what you're saying, but just so everyone knows what this is referring to... So Stanley Johnson's uh, wife spoke to a journalist, Tom Bauer, and she said that Stanley Johnson had broken her nose and, and she had ended up in hospital as a result. Stanley Johnson has not commented publicly on that. Friends of his have said it did happen, it was a one-off. Yes, but it did happen. Now, as a result of that, uh, Fiona Bruce, who worked with Refuge, a domestic abuse charity, for 25 years and being one of their top ambassadors, has been forced to step down. And Refuge just threw her to the virtue signalling wolves with a ridiculous statement, in my opinion, saying this was completely unacceptable. We know the words weren't Fiona's, they said, but the words that she was legally obliged to read out, this doesn't lessen their impact and we can't lose sight of that. These words minimise the seriousness of domestic abuse. This has been re-traumatising for survivors. What a load of nonsense. Sorry, what a load of nonsense. Fiona Bruce is a decent person who read out a prepared BBC legal statement if somebody had raised the Stanley Johnson thing. And for that, she's been thrown out. All that work she did has been thrown out. Are you going to defend this, Ava? Well, no, I think, actually, it's the BBC who seem to be in the wrong here because they. Uh, it looks like they've left her out to dry a little right. bit. I mean, it seems like there might have been an overzealous... Unlike the BBC to do that to one <laughs> of their quite, presenters. Quite. But, I mean, it's maybe there was an overzealous producer who was in her ear and, you know, was telling her to correct it. But, actually, what Yasmin was saying didn't need correcting. Right, Yasmin responded. And, Richard, my point is this idea that, that Refuge felt the need to say it's been re-traumatising for survivors. Uh, it's just nonsense. It, and it's so ungrateful of them. A, it's nonsense. But, you know, Fiona's worked so hard yes. for them. And what it will do, it will disincentivise other celebrities to help really important charities like that. If you know at the first sign of the slightest slip of the tongue, yeah. you're going to be ditched. The BBC, though, I mean, you know, they, they have 
completely not supported. No, terrible. I think it's shameful. Left her out to dry. Shameful. A bit like the Lineker fiasco. That's a different story. Am I wrong? You are completely wrong. Go on. You are wrong because, and I, and I hate to say it, but Fiona Bruce does have to take some responsibility for this. You've mm. been an ambassador for Refuge for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. You would understand the impact, the severity of those words. It only happened once, his friend said. There is no... E where's the legal obligation well, in relation to that? that's the only public statement that's been made. Where's, where's the legal obligation the in relation to that? public statement that's been made. All that needed to be said was allegedly. That's all that needed to be said. Now, as an ambassador of Refuge, if I saw that statement and was being asked to read out that statement, mm. I would have said, hmm, guys, I'm a little bit uncomfortable about done, this. Have you ever done presenting live television with I, an audience? I haven't. With an audience. But it is my job to speak carefully. Fine. She was and being I understand... clearly told, you've got to read the, the clarification on Stanley Johnson. She read it. All right, it could have been worded slightly Where better than it turned out. Where is the BBC in that, then? Why has the BBC... It's really hard. It's really high pressure on something yeah. like Question Time. And you can't do it word by word. She was told what to say, and then she was thrown to the wolves by the BBC and by the charity. I, it's I haven't heard that that is her response, i.e. I didn't want to say it or I raised a challenge yeah, we're, we're with it. We're all left to speculate, though, because yeah. they have... I and that's honestly, I think it's cowardly by refuge and gutless of them to do this. It's pathetic by the BBC and they should all be better than this. It, it, Fiona Bruce is one of the most decent people you meet. After all she did, that's how they treat her. I just one wonder, sip of the tongue. I just wonder if you would have that attitude in terms of dismissing... It's not the even her in, view! In terms oh, of dismissing it. the trauma and the suggestion... You think, that it, you really the think suggestion it's really Do you really that think... If you went and you spent really, okay. an evening... Do you really think somebody was refuge, watching Question Time and went, oh, my God... I've just been traumatised by what she just said. Yeah. Do you, do you, yes, no. is the short yeah. answer to that question. And, I don't se buy it. and secondly, do don't you know it. everything that we've had to listen to today in terms of it only happened once? That's like 1980s okay. talk, Piers. Let me Come just, on, we're past I want to flip to something else before we have time. We've discussed this a lot today, which is left wing people, you two, <laughs> uh, I might have the problem. Apparently, you do suffer from genuine more anxiety than everybody else. It's the politics of depression that apparently ones that are liberal, young people in America, they're suffering surging rates of depressive symptoms compared to conservatives. It is depressing being on your side of this fence. Well, I, d I don't think that's quite it, is it? I think that if you are, you know, veering more towards left-wing politics, particularly in the Give US... Give me a smile. Because... Show me you're happy, not depressed, you two. <laughs> running out of time. Quick. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> you just that's it from me. Thank you, Pat. Whatever you're up to, keep it on set. Stay happy. Only got one life. <laughs> <laughs>